Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative to this guy for wisdom. And welcome to the Drew Allen Show. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. I intended to be here yesterday on Monday. Those of you that subscribe to my Substack, drewallen.substack.com, uh, I, I put forward an article that you all received about how the Democrats did, in fact, steal the 2020 election and how we know that. And I mentioned that I was going to try and, and get back here, you know, yesterday. But anyway, I am codependent on the captain who's in a hotel room in Dallas uh, producing the show right now. So anyway, uh, you know, it's amazing. You've got these races going on. We'll talk more about them tomorrow. But it's election day in a lot of different states. Gubernatorial races are up. Um, you know, for example, in Kentucky and, uh, a lot of other, other, you know, races as well in state elections. And, you know, here's, here's, here's a headline in, in Pennsylvania right now. Remember what we heard in 2020 that, you know, there was no election fraud, nothing happened. Well, voters are being asked to fill out paper ballots in some of the counties in Pennsylvania because there's a flaw in the voting machines, which are flipping votes. They're flipping votes. So some of the votes, quote, were getting flipped and not recorded properly. So you vote for one candidate and it goes to another on the voting machine. So isn't that, I mean, it's so amazing to me that there's not unanimous consent to have paper ballot voting. It makes no sense to me. I mean, obviously that's the solution. Obviously that's a way to secure elections. And obviously people don't want that because they want to cheat. Part of my article at my Substack that that I pointed out is evidence is it's amazing. The New York Times is reporting that, for example, in a uh, county or city in Connecticut, there's a, a Democrat mayoral race between Democrats. Right? There's no Republicans in this race. It's a Democrat mayoral race, and the judge threw out the election results because the judge was presented evidence of people in the middle of the night on camera stuffing a bunch of ballots in a drop-off box. And so the judge actually took the case and threw out the results because there was enough evidence in this judge's opinion that this judge, that this this particular race uh, wasn't conducted fairly. And this is ironic because this is, of course, the same evidence that was seen with our own eyeballs across the country in elections and thousands of witnesses signed affidavits that's sworn testimony that they could attest to activity like this to corruption to malfeasance in elections and not a single judge would take up the case and the point is of course if democrats are willing to cheat in their own elections against other democrats with mail-in ballots you think they wouldn't cheat in a presidential election against Republicans? Give me a break. So anyway, this is going on. You know, it's mixed results so far. We don't have everything to report. I, I'm doing this, by the way. It's 6.24 p.m. currently, West Coast time, Pacific Standard on Tuesday, right? So the elections are going on. I mean, I guess they're done voting now. They're counting them all, right? And... You know, I've, I've been up since 5.30 because I started actually doing my book tour, if you will. So I'm doing interviews now. My first one was at 5.30 a.m. So we're 12 hours later and we are ending the day doing the Drew Allen Show, which I love doing and being here with you. But it's been, it's been, a, it's been a great day. It's been a busy day. I've done four interviews today, I think. And, and one of them that I just finished up a couple hours ago was about 45 minutes. I'll, I'll um, you know, put that on my Substack too. It was a great interview about the book and everything else. I'm not going to spend my podcast talking about it right now, but um, anyway, it, it's just it's just amazing to see what's happening right now. Um, I, I, I'm trying to decide where I actually really intended to start today. You know, I, I scribbled down some notes, and and one here in front of me is that the government is dangerous, and that was one of the emerging themes. And we know this, of course, the FBI, the weaponization, centralized power was, of course, a fear the founding fathers had, right? That's why we have the government set up the way we do with separation of powers, because the founding fathers who lived under tyranny understood personally 
the tyrannical nature of such a centralized government. And of course, we see this today with communism and so on and so forth. A, a strong centralized government always enslaves the population. And the reason I bring that up is because there's a breaking story. I mean, in some ways, it's not surprising anymore. We still hear this stuff. I feel like it's lost its uh, pizzazz, to be honest. But uh, the story, let's see, I don't think I actually, I thought I printed it. I guess I didn't print it. But uh, I forget the exact name of the organization. You know, Trump in 2018 set up this department that was intended to deal with cybersecurity and so on and so forth. And it turns out that that agency, that bureaucracy, was used to silence uh, my speech, your speech, Republican conservative speech in, tw in the 2020 election. Now, we know what Twitter and Facebook and I mean, YouTube is still doing it, by the way. I don't put this show up on YouTube because I wouldn't last. And, and by the way, Steven Crowder, we'll get into this in a minute, he just got access and released pages from the, they call it the, I would never call it this. This is too offensive, Captain. So, you know, some people are calling it the Tranifesto. The Tranifesto. You know, the manifesto from the transgender killer that the FBI has been hiding from us all this time. It was too dangerous. We couldn't see it. Well, he got the, some pages, and now we know why the FBI was hiding this from the American public. But I'll get into that in a minute. But my point of bringing that up in relation to this story about the censorship campaign against American citizens in the 2020 presidential election is because YouTube has shut down the video of Steven Crowder sharing the limited contents of the Tranifesto. So they're still doing it. But anyway, I mean, this isn't surprise. We knew the FBI. We've already learned from, from after Elon Musk bought Twitter, a lot of these revelations, they, you know, they kind of did this slow leak of information about what Twitter was up to, but they were colluding with the FBI to censor the truth, to interfere in the 2020 election. And, and, and I want to tell you something because what this is evidence of, in addition to tyranny and the threat of centralized power, is these people fear us. They understand that if we actually all heard the truth and knew the truth, that they would lose their political power, right? I mean, if you're censoring someone, you're afraid of that information being out, right? And there's a, a slight silver lining in that because it means that they still have some fear of the American public. They're not so confident, just like they're not confident they won the 2020 election. And I've made this point many, many times that in addition to other factors and reasons for trying to jail Donald Trump, they fear a rematch between Trump and Biden because if they don't have COVID, and the elections aren't conducted in the same, at the same level of corruption that they were in 2020, what are those results going to be? Is Joe Biden going to get 81 million votes again? Remember, Donald Trump got nearly 10 million more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. And remember that Barack Obama got fewer votes in 2012 than he did in 2008, and he still won the election. So Joe Biden, 81 million votes with this basement campaign. And nobody buys that. The reason those numbers are inflated, it's like the, the COVID numbers. You got false positives. You've got the death count where if you get hit by a car and they give you a COVID test while you're on your deathbed, hooked up to a ventilator and you test positive for COVID, they mark down your death. As from COVID, that's not a conspiracy theory. That's been confirmed. They did this. And so the same thing with the mail-in ballots. Yeah, you just mail out ballots to all these people who are dead, who are registered uh, falsely. You have ballots that are stolen and taken. And so you've got millions of ballots. out. And remember, by the way, Captain... Do 100% of Americans vote in elections? No, they don't. It's a really surprising, shocking, and honestly, it's pathetic. 
the number of Americans who do not exercise their rights in this constitutional republic to actually participate in our republic. Crazy that here we are living in the greatest nation in the history of mankind, and people don't even appreciate it by participating in that process and having a voice. But those people still got mail-in ballots. You understand where I'm going with this? Makes sense, Captain? So you send out all these mail-in ballots, and they find their way back in, and so on and so forth. So anyway, that, that's of course what happened. Um, but anyway, so this, this bureaucracy organization set up under the Trump administration to deal with cybersecurity and ostensibly protect the American people from, you know, the Russians and the Chinese and so on and so forth. Well, it was used just like the FBI to censor free speech. So this organization actually, uh, I forget the exact name. There's some name, switchboarding. They call it switchboarding. And long story short, this particular group, organization, whatever, they would approach, you know, uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatever else, and they would recommend censorship, and they would put a disclaimer on the bottom that said, you know, you know, technically, constitutionally, we can't uh, force you to do this, wink, wink, but we recommend you censor this person. And they would do it. So it's just another example of you create, and, and look, the point isn't to bash Trump for this. The point is that all of these government agencies are a threat to American constitutionalism, rights, etc. Just like the FBI. Oh, we got good intentions, right? We create the FBI, the Federal Borough of Investigators. And what do they do? They get weaponized against the American people. Our government is dangerous. And it is high time the American people stop relying on the government for everything. Stop celebrating the government. Stop putting the government up on a pedestal. The government exists to serve the people. That's the point of our Constitution. That's what's unique about America. And the government is not serving the people. It's abusing the people. And it is high time, to use the word again, that we break this government up. That we take a sledgehammer to it. That we cut it down to size. And it's an overarching ideology that we have to push that's going to take a generation to achieve. But whether you look at all of these, I mean, whether it's the EPA, whether it's the FBI, whether it's the uh, the federal operated education, public education system, Department of Education, are any of them serving the American people? No, they're not. Every single one of those agencies is being used by these globalists, if you want to call them that, but by these tyrants, to do what? Seize power for themselves and subvert the will of the American people. So we've got to change our attitude in this country about our government and our relationship with it. So I want to get into this, uh, <clears throat> I would never call it the Tranifesto, that's horrible. Uh, the, this, uh, other people call it the Tranifesto, not me. It's funny, I wrote about this in my book, and here we go. I, I, you know, I just have a ability and a knack to predict things. You know, I talked about the very reason they hid. The so remember what happened. So this transgender individual went into a Catholic school in Nashville and shot up the school, killing children and adults, teachers as well. And the reaction, we found out there was... This person had videoed themselves. We found out this person had a manifesto and the FBI seized the manifesto and wouldn't release it. And we we're all scratching our head. Not really. I knew why, but you know, we we're scratching our heads, so to speak, because when it came to the Buffalo killer in Buffalo, New York, right? They released the manifesto immediately because they claimed that he was a white supremacist, which he was. And the left falsely asserts that we on the right are white supremacists. And so they were trying to say that MAGA had committed a mass murder, which is crazy. But of course, this guy wasn't a Republican or conservative. He was an eco-socialist, environmental socialist, 
and he hated Tucker Carlson and Fox News. So those ideas, of course, align with the Democrat Party. But they they use that to claim that, you know, white supremacy is the greatest threat to this nation. And then they falsely tie that to MAGA to try and persecute MAGA. Well, this we knew immediately that this manifesto was going to reveal that this person was indoctrinated by the left. We knew that what we were going to find in this manifesto was evidence that this person was driven towards hatred because the left put it in their mind and body and soul. We knew that the left was actually responsible for creating this killer. We don't create killers, but the left does with their rhetoric. And that's what happened here. Um, let me see if I can find this. Real quick. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm still here. Don't worry. Um, well, I thought I... I thought that I put down the exact quotes from this Tranifesto. Okay. I did find it. All right, so here's what some of the takeaways were from the Tranifesto. The day has finally come, the transgender murderer writes, Hail. I can't believe it's here. Don't know how I was able to get this far, but here I am. I'm a little nervous, but excited, too. I've been excited for the past two weeks. There were several times I could have been caught, especially back in the summer of 2021. Now, a lot of people are rightfully hanging on to this line. What is this individual, this murderer talking about? There were several times I could have been caught, especially back summer of 2021. I mean, maybe this person's referring to the fact that um, <clears throat> just like other killers, they're on the FBI's radar because they have mental illness. They get caught and the FBI doesn't do anything about it. But this person also writes, those crackers going to private fancy schools with those fancy khakis plus sports backpacks with their daddy's Mustangs plus convertibles. F you, she uses the word, transgender does. F you little skits. Want to kill all you crackers, bunch of little, sorry, I'm going to say the word, bunch of little faggots with your white privileges. F word, you faggots. Now, who is it that has an anti-white agenda in America? Who is it that demonizes the wealthy, the white, the quote-unquote privileged, whose parents have had success and put their children in? Well, it's the left, isn't it? It's the left. Tax the rich. They don't pay their fair share. It's all hatred, right? And it's all intended to divide and create animosity towards other groups of Americans. So the reality is that this person cited Democrat talking points, which comes from the Democrat public education system, which comes from the indoctrination of the left at our universities. It is all their ideology that this person is spewing. So this individual killed these people using the left's talking points. And the reason they hid this manifesto is because it shows that the left is dangerous. It shows that the left is actually creating killers. That's what this is about. And they're doing this in Israel as well, by the way. You know, they're, um, they're demonizing the Jews and Israel. even though Israel was the victim of a mass murder by Hamas, by the Palestinians. <clears throat> but before I get into that, I want to play something just to remind you. Because this is what they're doing with Israel. It's very sick. It's very nauseating. When the transgender individual slaughtered those innocent, precious children at the Nashville Catholic School or Christian School. The Democrat Party 
came to the defense of the transgender community. Now, a member of the trans community murdered innocent children. And the left's response, and even Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, her response was to defend the transgender community from attacks. So Israel was attacked and slaughtered by Hamas and Palestinians. And what's the left's response? They have a message of, we have, we have no tolerance for Islamophobia. Islamophobia? I don't know if you know, but there was a, a demonstration in Los Angeles, in California, and a Jewish individual was just murdered, bludgeoned in the back of the head in broad daylight at this demonstration. There were pro-Palestinians, a.k.a. pro-terrorists there, and there were members defending Israel's right to exist. And this person, pro-Palestine, murdered a Jew. And this is happening all across the country. And you have the, Ob- the Obama, yeah, it is the Obama administration, but you have the Biden administration warning about anti-Islamic feelings. And you have an insurrection that just happened at the White House. You had the pro-Hamas people who should all be deported from this country, in my opinion. But you had them all scaling the fence of the White House, rattling the, the gate. And you have people in prison right now for doing less than that on J6. You have people in prison because they walked through doors that were open for them at the Capitol. And they called that an insurrection. But the media, I mean, they gave it the same mostly peaceful protests. That's the treatment they got. I mean, it's the corruption of the media and the Democrat Party is on an unprecedented level right now. But anyway, I want you to cue up cut one, Captain, because I want you to hear Corrine Jean-Pierre to make your blood boil. Cue up cut one and play one, Captain, when you get a chance. <clears throat> this is Corrine Jean-Pierre in the aftermath of the slaughter of innocents. Number one, cut one. Nope. That one, yep. And one of the things that we... Corrine Jean-Pierre's response. ...saw during the midterm elections is that people don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful, it is disturbing, and uh, our hearts go out to uh, the the trans community as they are under attack right now. So a trans psychopath slaughtered innocent children. And Corrine Jean-Pierre responds by saying, our hearts go out to the trans community who is under attack. That's not what happened. But it doesn't matter reality. That's the narrative. That's the narrative. Now, cue up cut two, Captain. I want you to hear Zelensky. We just gave all, what were we told all this time? We had to, we had, you know, look, I've been saying it forever. I told you from day one, I said, not only do we not have any business being here because we're actually responsible for all the tumultuous nature of Ukraine because we've been interfering in Ukraine since, you know, 2000 under Bush. It's always been a satellite, a territory of the U.S. Essentially, that's how we treat it. But anyway, I told you that Ukraine had zero chance of winning this war. I told you that the media was full of crap. You're being fed propaganda. I told you that Ukraine, this small, corrupt country with no military, had zero chance of beating Russia, who has the third greatest military in the world. That'd be us, China, Russia. Was never going to happen. It was stupid that they were claiming that they could. So we spend all this money, which we know has been laundered. We know it's been lost. We know it's been wasted. We know it's been spent, but not on the military conflict. We know this is corrupt. There was no reason for us to do this. And we know that the Biden administration prevented a peace deal early on. So all of this was for nothing. You have Zelensky, who, by the way, has said that it's not a good time to have elections in Ukraine. Now, the Constitution allows Ukraine to call off elections during times of war, 
But that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it moral. Who cares? The fact of the matter is, I mean, you t- we have every single politician and celebrity in America who's traveling to Kiev to go and, I was going to say something, I won't say it, going over there and, you know, having kissy-kissy time with Zelensky, kissing his AWS. So it's safe enough for these politicians to go and travel to. But they can't have elections, right? And this guy's saying that Ukraine, you know, we have to protect democracy. Ukraine's not a democracy. Ukraine's a corrupt country, much like our own. So they're not defending democracy. Ukraine's not a good place. I'm not attacking the people that live there. God forbid, I feel bad for them. But they live in a corrupt country and they're used to it and they'll be the first to tell you that. And Zelensky's corrupt. Now think about all the money we've spent, all the, all the truth we've said on this, this show, and look where we are. Look where we are. This is Zelensky, who's a prostitute or a pimp on, on Meet the Press. And I want you to hear where we are now, begging us to give him more money. Go ahead. Play cut two, Captain. If you can't give us, can't give us some financial support, okay, okay, please, give us a credit and we will give you back money. Shut up, you fat, overweight midget. Go pound sand. Canceling elections comes on our press. Give us credit. You give us credit, we give you the money back after the war. Give us credit. Shut the hell up and go to George Soros and kiss his ass. Because he's the only one who has an interest in this. All of these, all the, uh, the, the, the Clintons, all these corrupt people who've already, we, we know what they're guilty of, going over there and, and doing the same thing, setting up these organizations. Yeah, we're ready to rebuild Ukraine. They seek to profit immensely, billions of dollars off of this. And that's what it's all about. This has never been about democracy. It's never been about saving Ukraine. And here's the pimp. You give us credit. Uh, like, who is, who is this guy? Who does he think he is? But this is what people think of the United States of America under the Democrat Party and the Biden administration. They don't take us seriously. They talk to us like this. Like we're garbage. You know, it's time to put America first, tune out these losers, and let them know who's boss. And it's us. It's us. Why are we still giving these billions of dollars to all these foreign countries that take a dump on us? Huh? Now, I understand using money when you have it and you're wealthy, like we used to be. I understand using money to basically exert your influence on the world. But if you're going to do that, you should get something in return, right? Yeah, you got a corrupt country out there that's not behaving right, that's a threat to America or our interests. Yeah, I tell you what, you don't have any money, your people are starving. I will give you a billion dollars to feed your poor people in your own country. But you know what? You're going to do what I tell you to do. I have no problem with that, Captain. Do you? That's life. That's how it works. But we're not doing that. We're giving people money that we don't have. Like Iran, like Qatar, we are funding Hamas. And what are they doing? They're killing our allies in Israel. They're shouting death to America, death to the West. They're harboring terrorists. And we're still giving them money. By the way, have any of the Hamas leaders been killed yet? No, they haven't. But I've seen the images. They're all, most of them are billionaires. You know the Hamas leadership? They're literally billionaires. You know, I'll tell you something interesting, Captain, about things you can't expect. You know, speaking of no one's perfect, you can't predict the future. Uh, I, had a con- I had a conversation with a former congressman on a Zoom call a few days ago. And he's old, so he's been around for a while. He's known a lot of these people. 
And I forgot that, you know, 1983, you remember Beirut? You had an organization named Hezbollah. Ring a bell now? Well, 1983, Hezbollah claimed credit for blowing up a Marine barracks of ours, right? U.S. Marines. They slaughtered a bunch of our U.S. Marines. And in the end, to avoid more bloodshed, Reagan didn't do anything about it. Effectively. Effectively. We, we, we didn't respond. We didn't go out and wipe the floor and destroy Hezbollah, is my point, right? We didn't take a military approach to it. And at the time, Lebanon was in a civil war and so on and so forth. But we, through our inaction, have done what? Hezbollah is a massive organization today. Hezbollah is way more powerful than Hamas, but they're allies because they hate the Jews and they hate the West. And Hezbollah, by the way, this congressman told me, none of this is classified, but it's information that you wouldn't know, most of us wouldn't know. I didn't know this. Hezbollah is like a a multi-billion dollar company. It's a terrorist organization. How does Hezbollah generate a billion dollars in revenue every year? Human trafficking. Drugs. That's how they do it. And do you know where they're doing it? Not just South America. Our own border. They're working with the Mexican cartels. Hezbollah is working with the Mexican cartels to sell drugs, traffic human beings, to generate revenue, to do what? Fund terrorism. And we have an open border right now. It's all connected, do you understand? So I, I forget, but I, I thought that was interesting. You're right, you know, here we go. So my point is, let Israel do what Israel needs to do. You have these lunatics that need to be stripped of citizenship, kicked out of Congress, and sent to, you know, send Ilhan Omar out of the country. Send her back to uh, uh, Somalia. This is the kind of stuff that actually does need to happen, by the way. I'm sorry. I know this is tough. But I'm reading this biography, by the way, Captain, on George Washington. You know, when, when he, you have to remember, you know, he, he actually, he got his, his military experience from the French and Indian War. So he was actually, obviously, he was a British subject. And he was having a hard time recruiting people to fight in this war. Remember, you know, the French were in the United States at the same time as the British. And they had forts set up. They were working with the Indians. And it wasn't just the British. And so ultimately, you know, the British went to war with the French. They called the French and Indian War. And of course, George Washington was a colonist, an American, but they were British subjects. They were loyal to the crown at the time. And George Washington was having a problem recruiting people. They were deserting. So he started with lashes, punishing them with lashes. And when they started deserting in big numbers, he finally decided to kill them. So he hanged the deserters publicly to instill fear and discipline in his forces. I just point that out because this is the founding father of America. These are the decisions that were made in these types of circumstances by people we revere. You know, ugly choices, brutal decisions have to be made in those types of circumstances. And we haven't had to make those decisions in our personal lives. We've enjoyed the fruits of their labor, their sacrifice, their brutality. But Hamas, Hezbollah, these terrorist organizations, they don't have a problem using those tactics. They don't have a problem with evil. They are evil. They don't have a problem slaughtering people. And how do you defeat somebody like that? How do you defeat some? How did we win our independence? With a ceasefire? Does America exist because of we had a ceasefire? No. And I don't mean to be crass. You know, there's a time and place. I'm not really in the mood to 
you know, uh, cry about it right now. I mean, look, there, there are innocent people that die in war. We dropped a nuclear bomb on Hiroshima. Well, we dropped two on Japan, actually. But anyway. And that did save lives in the end. Did innocent people die? They did. You know, we had kamikazes that started in our entry into the conflict because they killed a bunch of our own, obviously in Pearl Harbor, the Japanese. Did, did German civilians die in World War II because of us and the British? Yes, they did. Just like British died and so on and so forth. So war is ugly and you want to avoid it as best you can. But we have created and facilitated the circumstances in which war is inevitable. And it's the only option. And I know that's hard for kumbaya people to understand because they don't want to live in reality. They want to live in a world in which we don't need militaries. We can just ask Hezbollah to stop. We can just ask Hamas nicely. And, you know, they've been calling for this ceasefire since the bodies were still being gathered from the Israeli music festival. So this ceasefire is not because innocent civilians are dying. It's because the pro-Palestinian sympathizers and pro-Hamas sympathizers like Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, these people, they hate the Jews. And in their minds, what they all want is Israel to be wiped off the face of the earth. And it's this whole lie they've told for a long time that Israel's occupying... There's no such thing as Palestine. Did you know this? It doesn't exist. Palestine's not real. It's a figment of the imagination. The, the, there is zero record in history of there ever being a Palestine. Never has been. It's never been a nation. So this idea that Israel's occupying Palestinian land or Palestine... No. No. Israel has existed there. Have you heard of people making the trek to Israel to look at you know, for the Temple of David, for this and that. So anyway, unbelievable. But, you know, I, I just, you know, you want peace, but sometimes the <clears throat> fastest way to get to peace is overwhelming force. And Israel has a right to its sovereignty. And, you know, you can't have it both ways. You get people who say, right? It's, it's, it's amazing people who, think that America should be isolationist, that, you know, we're an imperial power, which we're not. And they, they, they hate us for that. They say, mind your own business. And then when it comes to like uh, Ukraine, no, 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 we got to get involved over there. Really? How do you square that in your mind? You know, we have to do what's best for America. Israel has to do what's best for Israel. And it's in our interest to do what we can to protect Israel. Because, and, and by the way, these uh, Hamas leaders, they're all billionaires. Do you realize that Gaza is a third world country, effectively? They don't have food. Most of their food comes from the United Nations. So is Hamas taking care of its own people? No, it's not. But you just go right across to Israel and you have a first world country. Why is it that the Jews are able to build this amazing country called Israel. And why is it that the quote-unquote Palestinians can't build anything? I mean, there are a lot of factors, but it's asking the question. So who is it that's a, that, are, that are barbarians? And, and all this talk of ceasefire. See, we had a ceasefire. The ceasefire was Gaza. Israel gave Gaza to the quote-unquote Palestinians because they said, I mean, you know, to, 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 to give them an olive branch. And what does Israel get in response, in return? They get, they get Gaza used to fire rockets into Israel. We had a ceasefire. And that ceasefire was broken not long ago by Hamas terrorists who paraglided into Israel and murdered over a thousand innocent Israelis. So shove the ceasefire up your AWS. But you know, I mean, <clears throat> I don't want innocent people to die. But where is the Biden administration going to Qatar using its influence 
to demand that these tariffs are handed over. I mean, we give all these people money. But, you know, and you have Obama out there. I mean, I, it makes me sick. I don't even have that clip to play, Captain, of Obama. But he's out there, you know. Everyone's to blame. Everyone's to blame. I mean, it's this guy's sick. Really sick. Uh, <clears throat> cue up. Cut three, Captain. Here is uh, Shrieking Ilhan Omar. This is a disgrace. So this is Shrieking Omar. This is this is what rep- represents the 5th District in Minnesota. Listen to this. This is crazy. What is true here is that every single one of them has not acknowledged the fact that Palestinians are dying in the tens of thousands, but will continue to say it is us who are not acknowledging humanity. Rashida will stand strong. General Lady's time has expired. Movement will continue for liberation until every single time has expired. Has the right Ge- to gentleman live from Maryland is recognized. To be clear, we have terrorists in our own Congress. So we have imported, in this case, this individual who's from Somalia, who happens to be Muslim, who is sympathetic with terrorists, who hates America, who hates Jews. And she now has political power and sits in our Congress. You see, this is what happens when you don't vet the people that come here. This is what happens when you have open borders. This is what happens when you don't stand for anything. This is what happens when you allow foreigners with foreign ideologies that are not advanced to come in here and dictate to an advanced culture like America what it's going to be. And this is the thing. We're the crown jewel of humanity. We should be lecturing Ilhan Omar not having her lecture us about anything. <clears throat> now, you know, I I thought I, I didn't have time to get into it as much as I wanted to. I want to talk about this Trump-DeSantis feud. I'm not going to have time to get in it too much, but I, I just want to reiterate that DeSantis has effectively destroyed his... I know that some of you may disagree with me, but you're wrong. You just are. Because you're in the minority if you still love DeSantis and support him. There's a poll out of Florida. Polls, Drew. Donald Trump is 39 points ahead of DeSantis in Florida. Do you understand that? He's 39 points ahead of the governor of Florida. In Florida. And Kim Reynolds, who no one has ever heard of until, maybe you still haven't, but she's the governor of Iowa, and she's now going to, she's announced her support, endorsement of Ron DeSantis, which, unbelievable, the desire for these people to commit political suicide. But of course, you know, loyalty is important in politics, and Donald Trump campaigned, endorsed her uh, for her race for governor in 2022, just, you know, not long ago, and she returns the favor by stabbing him in the back. And it's not about, you know, blind allegiance. It's about the country. And Donald Trump, from the very beginning, early on, proved that he was going to be the guy. And if the polls had, you know, if somebody had chipped away early on, I'd say, great, yeah, fine. Fine, okay. Trump's not popular. He's going to be, but that hasn't happened. His, gro- his lead has only grown. And 2024 is so important You've got to be a realist and you've got to do what's best for the country. And the DeSantis influencers in particular have become no different than the Lincoln Project. They don't care about the persecution of Trump, which is the biggest threat to this country. You can hate Donald Trump's personality. You can dislike Trump completely. You can disagree with this and that. But if you cannot understand and acknowledge and admit that the political persecution of Trump that's happening right now, that we're witnessing still, that is the, the, the effort to jail a political opponent lawlessly. If you don't understand that that's the greatest threat to this country since the Civil War, I, I don't know what to tell you. And so Ron DeSantis, he's unable to do that. He's unable to acknowledge that. He's unable to come out 
and talk about it like I'm talking about it. And he wants to be president of the United States. He won't talk about the 2020 election. He, he won't do anything that he believes will make Trump look good. And that shows an immense character flaw. And he can lie and say he's putting America first by running, but he's not. He's putting America last because the issue is uh, politics is ugly. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with this. this. And at the end of the day, I'm going to invite even the DeSantis supporters who've said the absolute worst things about Trump, who have lied about him and everything else. I still say, okay, we got a job to do. Let, let's reconvene. Let's get this done. But I'm afraid a lot of these DeSantis people, they've just become never-Trumpers. And they'd vote for JFK, not JFK, RFK Jr. over Donald Trump. And that's a problem. Um, oh, anyway, Captain, queue up, queue up cut uh, four. I want you to hear my beef with DeSantis. He was on MSNBC. And I'll probably he did uh, say, Governor, at that August debate, when the question was put to the entire panel, if Donald Trump is convicted, will you still and he is the nominee? Would you still support him? And you raised your hand. You're a lawyer. You've served in the Navy. You are well trained at the greatest schools. Do you really believe that a man who's convicted of, say, attempting to overturn the 2020 election or taking nuclear secrets back to his beach club? Do you actually still, as we sit here today, believe that person should be president? So I signed a pledge, uh, uh, Willie, and uh, that, that pledge is what it is. Now, do I think somebody under those circumstances could get elected president? The answer is no. Um, that will not happen. Uh, I think that Republican voters uh, will understand that as, as we get closer to, to, to voting. Uh, but it is, it would be fatal. Uh, in a general election. And I don't think the party should should nominate um, in that situation. However, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I signed the pledge. I'm a Republican. I don't think it's going to come to that. Uh, and I All right. So you heard him there. So you hear the MSNBC host talking about lies. Nuclear secrets. He didn't have any nuclear secrets. That was a lie. But you don't hear DeSantis push back on that at all. He says... Yeah, all of that, whatever. I don't think Trump should be the nominee because of all those case. I mean, this is this is this is the fatal flaw of DeSantis. And if you like him, I'm sorry. His political career is effectively done after this. And I, I don't know how he's gonna recover from this. I don't know. Because the stakes are are so high and so different. And what we're dealing with is so significant, so grave. And he's doing this. I, I don't know how you come back from this. I really don't. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think these people think he's some kind of Ronald Reagan and this is, you know, 1976. Remember, you know, you had a, uh, you had Reagan challenge Ford back in, I guess it was 76. Is that right? Was it 76? My memory here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was 76, I think. So anyway, this isn't 76. So, you know, you had the Republican primary back then. And, you know, Ford, the only reason President Ford was president, he wasn't elected president. So that's the difference here, too. Ford was not elected president. Ford became president because Richard Nixon's vice president got taken out by the Democrats and resigned. And then, so after, after I mean, before Nixon resigned, his vice president, Spiro Agnew, or whatever his name was, resigned. And so he was replaced, the VP was replaced, chosen, picked by Richard Nixon, and he chose Ford. And then Nixon resigned, and that's how Ford became president. So Reagan, it was a totally different situation. And DeSantis is not Reagan at all. And, and, you know, I'll tell you this. I mean, the, <laughs> you know, Iowa kicks off the caucuses, right? I mean, you you know, you have the delegates that are chosen. It ends in the convention eventually, and you announce who uh, the winner, you know, uh, the GOP nominee for president. And 
So uh, the Iowa governor, Kim Reynolds, she's endorsing DeSantis. And I'm just going to tell you, I mean, I, I don't think that DeSantis is going to win Iowa. By the way, she's endorsing now and all this momentum that he thinks he's going to have is going away because Iowa caucus is until I think January 16th. But this is the big one. It's, it's strategic. Honestly, no one knew who she was. And if she had endorsed Trump, it would just be another person made the right decision and endorsed Trump. No big deal. A lot of people are endorsing Trump. But when somebody endorses DeSantis, the never Trumpers, the media seizes that and reports on it and makes it a big storyline. So she made herself infamous and people know who she is now. But, you know, Iowa kicks it off. Then you have New Hampshire and you have a Super Tuesday eventually and you have all the states. But the point is, DeSantis... People know he's not doing well. And he needs to win Iowa to keep the money coming into his campaign. If he doesn't win Iowa, he's going to drop out pretty quick. He's not going to make it. So he needs Iowa to prove, I mean, he's still not going to win, be the nominee, but you know, he needs Iowa to keep the money coming in, to keep this campaign alive. So that's why it's getting vicious. That's why all this is going on. All this effort to win Iowa. Because for him, the stakes are life and death. If he doesn't win Iowa, he, his campaign's over. It's over. If he wins, it might keep going a little longer. But he needs Iowa or he's done. That's the point. So anyway, <clears throat> all right, we'll get into more, some more stuff tomorrow. But to be honest, I'm kind of, well, I've been pretty aggressive tonight. So my, my voice, I'm actually losing it a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to call it quits now and we'll come back and get into some other stuff tomorrow. But anyway, it's been great being with you again. Uh, we've had, you know, some technical issues, uh, a little bit just because of the situation, but I appreciate you bearing with me. So anyway, God bless you all. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. And until next time, I've become a big fan of your writing. The great Young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen has died hard conservative to this guy for wisdom.